Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to keep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. Welcome, welcome! Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan! I am Joel. And I'm Ryan. And it is uh, episode four. You're back for more. Uh, we are still we are still counting down. Well, no, we're not counting down. We're still looking at uh, and talking about um, the different movies from uh, last year. Um, we're going into Brian's brain and we're sifting through and going, oh, look, he he saw this movie and then he also saw this movie. Oh, and then we poke it and make him talk about it. This episode, um, I think, has like a five, four or five year old movie on it. So it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. There, and that we we start off. Yeah, we start off with streaming, one that's, streaming uh, exclusive sci-fi movies take a while to find their way to me. Last year, our oldest movie was also a sci-fi movie. I.O. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so. But yeah, uh, we're going to. Um, little That's a little minutia, but I thought interesting to say. Yeah, we're going to hang out in a little. We're going to hang out in a little sci-fi fantasy land here for today's. Up- oh, my goodness. Because you know what, Sorry, Joel? listener. Um, yeah. In space, nobody can hear you complain about how cold it is on the Internet. That's true. Um, and no one uh, goes, oh, it's not the heat. It's the humidity. They don't do that in space. No. Um, uh, what yeah. do you say we just jump right in? I'm, I'm excited about these categories. Yeah. So do you have anything? Yeah. Um, I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm still trying to see a, a scattered thing here or there. Uh, most of the Oscar nominations. Oscar nominations came out. Um, yeah. Yep. But there's a couple of them that are still in, in exclusive to theaters. And, and mm-hmm. so I haven't seen those. But I'm excited to. Uh, we're gonna cover the Oscars too much again. Probably not the ceremony so much, but um, no, nope, I a, can't imagine they're gonna change. We started anything these year interviews with baiting the 2022 Oscars, and we're gonna end it with baiting the 2023 Oscars. So we will, we will talk about the categories and stuff. But I think we'll stay out of the nomination scandal that's going on right now. It seems annoying and. Hmm. They seem to be biting themselves in the foot. And I think yep. I can say with nearly 100% commitment that what I'm about to do right now, which is mention the Golden Globes, will be the last time we ever do it on this show. <laughs> the Golden Globes are a joke that you're playing on yourself because celebrities mm-hmm. go to it. They're not legit and have never been thus. So time, time to treat those like that. Yep. And there is a Razzie scandal, though. Let's let's shit on the Razzies a bit before we start the show. Oh, I love it. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I hate yeah, the Yeah, they Razzies. nominated the young it? lady from um, Firestarter. She's 12 years old, and they nominated her for Worst Actress. And 
first person to come out, or maybe she's not the first, but she came out really loud and clear was Drew Barrymore of all people. She came stomping into the fray. Yeah, this is this is nothing more than just dirty, thoughtless bullying, and you guys are a bunch of jerks. Although I have to say, does it take them kicking a kid or kicking a puppy for you people to realize what? Just sort of awful things the Razzies are. They've always been awful. Mm-hmm. These guys are just not our friends. They're not our fellow film fans. I don't know what they are. They're just terrible. And we, I have things I don't like, but even we don't we do not do worst of lists around here. What is nope. the point of that? I mean, we what are is the point six of seasons. That? We are six seasons in and we've never done a, oh, well, these are things that I hate about the movie. But, you know, we, the, we criticize home video. We criticize some of the producers yeah. and stuff like that and some of the choices distribution companies make. But that is not, you know, we are not going, oh, man, this person was horrible in this film and they deserve to die. No, that ain't us. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I have my sort of dark side that I that comes yes. out every once in a while, but it just and everybody does. I get that, but that's in the that's in the context of discussing stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you know, or at least if you're not going to bother with much context, at least award the things you're enthusiastic about. What is the? You know, I I, I hear that all the time. P- movie people on the internet, oh, you've got the Razzie, whatever. I don't care about. I don't care about your fucking yeah. Razzies. Razzies is even worse than the Globes. It's just two guys in a room deciding mm-hmm. things that are the easiest things to rip on. Yep. They're like the TMZ um, of the, the film industry, and they're, and they're terrible. They're just – every mm-hmm. written piece of discourse by them is awful. Like, they're not even good at what they do, and they can't explain themselves very well. They're like a nope. couple of – gossipy old women who just come out once a year to poke people and yeah if it's tom hanks and elvis okay i guess poke away he can handle it but Mm -hmm. and i think that this kid i think i don't think there people are giving her enough credit she can probably handle it too i don't think right i don't think kids her age give a crap what the razzies think so i guess as a as a species maybe we are making a little bit of progress but i don't know it's just yeah if we're it's going to talk well, about no, the Razzies, this is it's mean spirited, and I and I you know and I I have said this before, uh, you know the the Golden Globes, the only reason they were ever uh, uh, not relevant, but the only reason why they ever became successful is because um, the Hollywood Foreign Press, the Golden Globes, uh, managed to uh, always every year sort of get the spot. They would uh, they would announce their awards. They were the last awards show before Academy Awards ballots were due, yeah. and so it was the last chance for for people to um, to to lobby and and try to you know campaign to get that Oscar nomination. And so it was well you know and so studios would try to you know would say would trot their stars out saying go you got to go to the golden globes you got to go do all the interviews you got to be nice to the hollywood foreign press these 38 or whatever stepping stone to getting you the real hardware yeah because yeah because if we if we do that if you can get a golden globe people will go oh they got a golden globe well i'll just put them here for a nomination um for academy award and uh yeah and so that's the only reason the voting 
block of the Gloating Globes is made up. It varies year to year, but it's made up of about 80 people and has all Yeah, that's what it is. That's yeah. it. It's and just, that was one of the big. It's just eighty, and basically Europeans who cover Hollywood for their local papers, and they decide on this. And I'm not saying they can't mm-hmm. have their awards, but we well, and that's we've why gone the Golden Globes treating them like like those eighty people's opinion really mean much, and they and mean that's why less there was no York. Golden Globes last yeah. year, is because two years ago they were like, hey, we all know that this is literally uh, like eighty. Uh, white European men, right? We, we're we're just all cool with that. That we're and, and everyone's like, oh wait, what? And and so that, they can't that's help why... that they're European men. But I mean, to, the lack of diversity amongst the voters is like, I don't know mm-hmm. what you do with that. that but the, well, uh, they but changed. That's... I mean, that's why that was why we tried. They tried to have this triumphant return. Um, and, and, you know, and he, uh, the, the guy that, who hosted the golden globes, I saw his little clip, um, Gerard Carmichael, he was like, yeah, they called me and, uh, you know, said, Hey, you know, we'd love for you to host. And he's like, yeah, what a, what a weird honor to ask me to be the face of a racist organization. <laughs> huh? Interesting. Not, so, I'm not, I mean, I hate to trot out that it's racist just cause they're just cause they're white guys. That's go to look at any old newsprint i mean who are the film critics they're not women typically it's right. they're there but they're it's that's just how it's always that's it's always been the case even these well, little sure. blogs you, you find a lot of ladies and we've met several really great like film analysis and historians and and critics in our travels actually but so i'm not saying they aren't i'm saying it's always been predominantly guys who want to stick their mm-hmm. opinion out there our show is no different, so I don't hate them for that. I just right. hate it. It's this tiny little exclusive group. When the New York film critics, New York film circle, or the LA, you know, there's these little groups that give out their little awards. They don't, they don't, that the whole world doesn't show up for them and treat them like they're the thing. They, 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 they read them. They're impressed by them. If you win, you feel happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are little cabals, um, and a bunch of white guys too. <laughs> I don't think yeah. they're necessarily um, makes them necessarily racist, but I don't know. That's one of the places where uh, you know social media platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, they potentially can democratize a little bit uh, the, the, this sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I through TikTok, I discovered one of my favorite reviewers and and content movie content uh, people. Um, this woman goes by Jay Stubes. And she's she's amazing. I don't always agree with her, but I love the way she breaks down films and and talks about talks about this stuff. So yeah, it, it, we seek, talked seek about them out is what I, so what I'm saying is, yeah. dear listeners, seek them out, seek out the voices that you don't hear from because they're there, and some of them are really really good. It's maybe the only good thing about Rotten Tomatoes and and Metacritic and such is that you can go there and they show you these clips and they essentially will link to the outside reviews where you can read and you can really experiment with a lot of reviewers. If you like, you know, if you like reading reviews mm-hmm. or you, you know, and like Joel said, it's not so much about agreeing with the reviewer. It's do they write in a way that provides clarity to the experience and mm-hmm. do they write in a way where you can trust and understand what they're saying to help you make your choices. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've never had a critics never been able to help, you know, has never been able to stop me from seeing something bad that I wanted to see. Right. Uh, Joel calls that critic proof. I mean, I think we all were just like, 
I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to that one. So you can't stop me. But, um, but they have many times they've, they've pushed me into seeing something I was on the fence about or, or saved mm -hmm. me from seeing, uh, something that, that while maybe artistic has artistic merit, maybe mm -hmm. offend my sensibilities and just make me feel awful, which is not what I right. go to the movies for. Right. So, yeah. You, you, you wait and watch that movie at home. Well, and it's a good time to mention, it. um, cinema scholars. They're an offshoot of, uh, the old ain't it cool news, which was a, <laughs> if there oh, was ever right. a cabal yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of like white guys writing for, you know, movie reviews for nerddom, it was them, but these guys moved in those circles and they have their own thing going. We super recommend you check out cinema scholars, that's run by our our buddy Diana De La Tour and uh, Rebecca. Can't remember Rebecca's last name. She's very very cool too, and a handful yeah, of other really point? dedicated film fans. Um, and it that whether they don't they don't have an agenda that I can tell, but it does have this great sort of feminine bent to the way they cover things, and I I love it for that reason because that's. Mm -hmm. In white guy suburbia, you just you forget unless you sometimes you got to make an effort. <laughs> you got to make an effort. Do, and it's really okay do. to make that effort. It's worth it. Um, all right. Let's jump into uh, to, to to looking at some more films. See, there's some of my uh, every year. These are the categories I I, I, I look forward to. These are often I, I have a lot of fun um, listening to ryan talk about these uh sometimes these are a lot of some of some of these movies i've actually even seen <laughs> this this is this year let me look here am i have i seen any of that i've seen a couple of them that's about it uh but anyway hey you know i have a kid anyway uh okay um <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, we so don't we have like digital talking animal category every any year no, so if we would be, you know hey if we wanted to break down of that category you know, if we wanted to break down Bluey episodes, if we wanted to, if we wanted to look at the best, the best uh, YouTube videos featuring Harley Davidson motorcycles, I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. The best, the best version of watching uh, Neil Diamond's Hot August Nights in concert. Um, I, I could, I could also review that for you, um, and and talk about that. Uh, but some of these movies I don't really get, I don't get much of a chance to watch. But anyway, that's that's me. That's my thing. Well, and when um, you do get that hour and 42 minutes to yourself late at night, you you go screaming right to the comedies. You want to you want to feel yep. good. And these they tend to do that. Yeah, I do tend to do that. Don't occasionally make uh, you feel super good, even if they do pass yep. the time adequately and are can be exciting. Uh, yep. Science fiction's an interesting category, you know. When when it, right. if it makes you feel too good, it's probably not the best movie in the world. Actually, uh, we'll all right. So here we go. It is part four of the year in review, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty one and twenty. And there's even hey, there's even a twenty nineteen in there. <laughs> there we go. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, okay, first up. <laughs> Is a movie called I Am Mother. A truly a pre-COVID movie. It's for first of the year for this list. Um, that's where I demarcate things. Uh-huh. This was uh Yeah. What did our buddy Gus say? He said, um the 
the Domino's online pizza tracker has showed that we have not only survived in this post 9-11 world, but we have thrived. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Gus. Uh, we miss you. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen what Gus had, would have had to have said about uh, the pandemic and everything thereof. But um, all right. So I am mother. Uh, Grant Sputor uh, or Sputor. Maybe it's Sputore. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, funny. If he's American, it's both, you know, because they they, they yeah. have the way they say it and then the way they know they're supposed to say it. That's been my experience with Italian families. Um, like they really do think their name is the Italian way, but we're, mm-hmm. we've been called this for three generations. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I know what. However, um, Polish people want to pronounce it. That's cool with us. We don't care. Yeah, uh, it is spelled. You know, like uh, it makes me think because uh, a movie without where it will come up later. Dumbledore. Maybe maybe that should be a Dumbledore. <laughs> you have <laughs> my one. permission to say it that way every time. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, in the wake of humanity's extinction, a teenage girl is raised by a robot designed to repopulate the Earth, but their unique bond is threatened when an inexplicable <laughs> stranger arrives with alarming news. Hey, here's sci-fi with the there's with no dudes in it at all. Um, yeah. it it's and it it's. Uh, and it's great. It it is what you think, and it isn't at the same time. This film, like we talked about a couple last week, when we talked about suspense movies and thrillers and such, where um, this has the one too many or even two too many reveals at the end, where you just it crosses that line where you start to get a little exhausted by them instead of exhilarated by them but Mm -hmm. uh for a modest film that takes place mostly in one interior uh it looks great the set design's fantastic the robots are awesome they interact with this kid that stars in the thing in extremely believable ways the voice work of the robot who plays the robot is rose Byrne. rose Byrne. yeah she's i mean she's that she didn't come on set and walk around in the robot suit i don't think but but her, nope, nope. her voice it was, talent dude, is really, it was actually really awesome. a dude yeah uh, I, I will give imdb credit they give this dude uh they credit him uh lou cocker is his name he's the guy who uh clearly did the motion capture and was in the suit and yep. all this other stuff so it, it's um, it's neat it's a really really well realized ai character and that's for a low budget sci-fi, that's yeah. If you have that, you have everything you need to feel like it's a success. This has quite a bit more. It's got some interesting tension. The interloper is it Hillary Swank plays the hill the mm-hmm. woman who comes in from the cold and shakes things up. Yep. Um, and I guess we should mention the girl's name. She's kind of the star of the thing. Clara Rugard. So it goes, it just, this kind of film, it goes where you don't expect it. I'm, I don't want, I hate to reveal where that is or what, what, what happens. You know, it, it, it earns its way there. Um, it, and it, it isn't, it, it, some people, your mileage may vary on this. I typically don't like this sort of thing, but it references all kinds of other science fiction movies visually. Mm. It does it subtly, but it does it constantly, which is, mm. I don't know. It's always tricky to me. It's like, you really want me thinking about 
this other way better movie than yours right now. I mean, I I don't. I always find that sort of weird, but uh, but the best review I read of it of I Am Mother is is you know a thoughtful, um, well executed sci fi thriller that wears its influences on its sleeve and i thought mm. that was a pretty good review of it i wish yeah. i could talk more about it like it's the kind of movie where uh we watched that one with um was it theo james where he's trying to a couple years ago is theo james maybe it's luke hemsworth it's one of those type of people sorry guys yeah. for mixing you guys up but let's face it you, you kind of do the same <laughs> kinds of things um, I guess Theo shows up in more British, old British things than Luke could because he's Australian and Theo is sort of from England. But either way, uh, this is a story about a guy trying to essentially create an artificial intelligence that could contain this complex, this massive complex of information that he believes is the soul of his dead wife. And that was likewise a very intimate, but oh, yeah, really, yeah. really smart and well-designed film. And and this is even better. It's even more like dazzling from an effects standpoint, but it has that same, that same. Uh, it's about ideas. This is a movie where after we see it together, if I ever saw movies that way anymore, we have a lot to talk about. And I, I really, mm. really dig those. And that's why, even though it's super old now <laughs> and you probably yeah. already saw it, if you're into this sort of thing at all, cause it's just a Netflix original. It's not like some, it's not hiding somewhere. You have to go seek it out or whatever. Um, it's still worth me talking about because it's my kind of film for sure. I, I don't want to derail us too hard on this, but this is, uh, and, and, but this movie has really kind of, um, shook me a little bit because uh gordon 11 gordon our good friend gordon mm. if i were to tell you that gordon's review of this movie started uh with has the headline mysterious and suspenseful what would you think based on what we know of gordon 11 what would you think that his re how his review would sort of read he would me, it would be mm-hmm uh, can you please give me the title one more time? Mysterious and Suspenseful. This movie is mysterious and suspenseful. You'd think that. You'd think that. No, that's not I, it. I can I can read this because it's only like about four sentences. No, but here he we go. Gordon 11. The film, the film tells the story of a woman who grew up in a facility with a robot. Her world is shaken up to the core when another human being arrives. The set is sleek and futuristic, which makes the film quite stylish. It's a bit slow, but the story generates enough mystery and suspense to keep you interested. Hilary Swank is great in it. I enjoyed watching it. What is the heck, Gordon 11? Gordon we count on you, you to threw, keep things consistent. You mate. threw the template out the window. <laughs> and I'm like, it, does that, it does that, it, like, I'm, I'm sitting here going, does that mean he really, like, did he liked it a lot? Cause that, at, you know, he changed things up and made him, it made him change his structure. Or is this what he does when he really doesn't like a movie? He, you know, oh man, uh, well, Gordon has thrown me for a loop. How many stars one. did he give it? Uh, he did not assign a star value yeah, to so it. So it will remain a mystery. Wow. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It Gordon. felt like a positive review to me. It felt it about, feels like about a, like yes, what I said. 
it feels like he actually was like, well, you know, let me think about this a little bit. Let me let me put into word. Let me use my words. Let me use all the words and see if I can find a, instead of just going, ah, this film makes you feel very suspenseful and it can be quite mysterious. No. Oh, all right. Let's move on before I my head explodes uh, off of uh, Gordon just taking me for a ride there. Um, all right. Next up is a movie from 2021 called warning oh yeah warning the meaning of oh boy the meaning of life is explored through multiple interconnected lives set in the near future is that what you did explore the meaning of life warning that's that's apparently what uh you sure uh, that's what some big fan of agatha alexander uh decided to uh but it's got Thomas Jane, Rupert Everett, Alice Eve, uh, Patrick This has nothing to do with anything, but the only thing that made me think of it was it. it my reaction was, ah, oh, warning. <laughs> I read an interview um, way back in the day with Ray Liotta, and it was one of those, uh, let's quick talk about a bunch of movies that they don't ask you about. You know, let's not talk about yep. Goodfellas or whatever. And... And when it came time for turbulence, <laughs> which if you, this is fun. This is way funnier if you've seen it. If you haven't, I don't know what to say. It's one of those mid '90s, late '90s sort of just st- stupid action movies. Um, mm-hmm. Ray's great in it, but it's just like it's, it, it, there's a whole bunch of these. They all came out around the same time, and uh, and he's he said turbulence oh yeah that that came out at a time when it felt like everything i had to be doing was like the had to be the biggest thing in the world i don't know about that one Uh, turbulence (laughs) that was all he could muster Uh, for it was uh, turbulence like i can't i'm not gonna sit here and rip on my own movie but yeah that premise i don't know because it's it is first of all this film is maddening in that it's it's this it, it is an ensemble thing where you think the shit's going to connect and it and it, it's spoiler mm-hmm. alert it doesn't it's just all it is is a bunch of short stories intercut and they right. they don't i mean i they definitely take place in the same world so i mean that that the film accomplishes they have, there's a lot of ideas in it, but not many of them are satisfactorily, as you say, explored. Yeah. The film wants to surprise you, and and it, it it maybe it does a little, but you know, as Joel said, Alice Eve. It's sort of a this this giant this list. This pretty long list actually of people who. Uh, certainly not Hollywood A-listers, but people who are in that weird category where they mingle in the A-list, and then and, and when they do a mm-hmm. movie like this, they really do try and do it because it's smart or it's something different. Thomas Jane definitely falls into that category, uh, and I, so I appreciate that. So everybody's given it their all. There's one sequence. Uh, that really could have been a whole movie almost, where somebody even this is kind of a spoiler, you know, short fiction really is about the gotcha moment. I don't want to wreck any of those. Um, But it's a story of this woman who 
who re- basically rents out her body. It gets taken over by someone else's consciousness for a couple of days, and then they go back to themselves. And and it, there's this great moment where the person who who sets up the procedure is in this hotel room talking to the guy who's going into the body of this young woman. And he's, she's like, and you're responsible for your own body, by the way, we're not going to help you with that. So don't forget when you're out living her life, this guy's back here. And if he has any problems, you have to take care of it. That's, it's just weird. Mm -hmm. And that's what, what weird and wonderful thing about science fiction. That story had some potential, but even that one was like, um, it's it's because it's a gross, icky idea, and it, it, that did, wouldn't necessarily have to be so, but is just because of the way we mm-hmm. are. So they, maybe they did explore humanity a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. A- Alice Alice Eve with the uh, <laughs> Alice Eve plays this upper crust a lady who ha- who her whole life revolves around like a Siri like artificial intelligence that she gets yeah, at yeah. odds with. Um Thomas Jane is is was a lowly maintenance worker out in space who gets detached from what he's working on is just floating free through space the whole movie. Um it's some cool ideas and I admire small science fiction but mm-hmm. it, this film like it it it's hard to explain. It's it. It's probably the comedic elements where I'm just kind of like uh, that. That keep me at bay because that's right. you can do that, but that that it's not a funny movie. So when there's a lot of comedy in it, it tends to feel dark and gross. And but mm-hmm. it's not a gross movie. And, and on a budget, it really does create a, a, a version of our world that does feel like it's in the future, which is cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Rubicon. Um, let's see. Yeah, Rubicon. Okay. Ah, oh, Rubicon. Hmm. Yeah, Rubicon. Oh, Rubicon. Uh, oh, Rubicon. Uh, following a cat, uh, following a catastrophe. <laughs> okay, words. Here we go. Let's use the brain here. That's following what they would call a... it in a, in a science fiction movie. <laughs> in the old V TV series, they'd be like, "Yes, our planet suffered a catastrophe, and now we must." Take all your lizards back to our planet with us. <laughs> Following a catastrophe on Earth, the planet is covered in a toxic fog. The crew in the space station must decide whether to risk their lives to get home and search for survivors or stay safe in the station's algae symbiosis system. I'll never forget when when uh, they brought... Um the actor back to V the series, the guy who played Martin, Martin died spoiler for V in the first episode of the show, which was one of its, one of the many sins of that episode. Um, Many unforgivable sins. (laughs) (laughs) But they, they knew we missed him, uh, Frank Ashmore and we missed Martin. So they brought him back as Philip and they're like, Hey, you look just like Martin, even though you're, you know, you're even though your skin is fake and everything or whatever. Like they didn't get mm-hmm. into the what he actually looks like is not even what he looks like. <laughs> and his answer was yes, uh, yes. We he and I went through a metamorph. <laughs> a metamorph. A catastrophe. Remind me. A catastrophe. 
And that's it. I just we're all like, oh, yeah, yep. all us nerds at home are like, yeah, metamorph. I could see that. Oh yeah, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you go through a metamorph. Sitting there making excuses for V the series, you know. V the series yep. does have a very not to go totally off the rails, but it is sci-fi related. V the series has a very very good Christmas of 1984 episode where at the end Michael Ironside gets dressed up like Santa and gives presents out to orphans. <laughs> And, and no one. And I say no that unironically. It's my fa- by far my favorite episode of either series. It's really pretty great. Actually. Well, that's good. Uh, I do love the idea because no one embodies the cheery, bowlful <laughs> of jelly spirit of Santa Claus more than Michael Ironside. Yeah, um. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. So everybody, uh, cherish Michael Ironside. He won't be with us forever. Um, all right, so let's go back to uh, Rubicon. Oh, no, Rubicon. Rubicon. Rubicon with the catastrophe on Earth. Um, you know, this is one of those movies where when it's over, there's nothing left to discuss because the characters disgust it to, into the ground, basically. Sure. Um, it, it is what it says. It's It's got really good. There's a really good spaceship docking. Again, this is – what's the name of this category, Joel? It is little science fiction. Little. This is little stuff. So when it accomplishes something it, even remotely dazzling, it, it really is. It's worth mentioning. And when it does mm-hmm. it, and these stories all have to have way more to them than than that because they 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 can't spend the whole movie dazzling you. They can have a couple of moments, and that's pretty much it. And so even sometimes that's hard to pull off with the budgets that they're working with. So... So it this one does it has a really neat docking sequence. Although these characters, it's weird. It's a it's sort of semi international cast. I think only George Blagden is an uh, he's an Englishman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really thought when I popped this in that it was going to be in Swiss or German or something like me because it's not it's a European film, but they made it in English so that it could get wider distribution and be seen by a lot more people at that works, but it also makes like, it also makes your movie. It makes the niche thing about your movie that could have made it feel like a classic, like not whenever you, whenever you take a, a, a particularly a European movie and do it in English. And this happens with some regularity, something happens to it where, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's just it. I can only say that because there's nothing wrong with the English in it or the fact that that they're speaking English. It, it just it makes it like it's like the voice of the author gets distilled in some way that mm. you know that it you just it makes you feel at arm's length. This is Rubicon's super aloof. These sciencey people are super sciencey, and they debate the the you know, all the ethics and stuff of what they're doing and their, and their dilemma is real. I mean, I don't know. How would you respond? I mean, if you thought you had, would you sacrifice yourself in a full life you could have for all of humanity? I mean, probably, but what if your plan to save humanity only had like a 7% chance of working? Now, right. how do you feel about it? You know what I mean? What now? What if you're pregnant? You know, it's like it. It the film makes these decisions complicated, and the it gives these characters the tools to act on their extreme beliefs about them in an interesting way. 
Um, but it's it's it has a very old Russian feel to it, where it really is. A, it's a debate movie and that mm-hmm. keeps it from being super emotional. In fact, it's hard to get on. Um, it's, it's weird. It's great that you, the viewer is conflicted, but it's, it's hard when we don't feel like any of these people are articulating what we think. You know what I mean, and it's mm-hmm. not good enough for your movie. Although this movie's got a lot of merits to it. I, I admired it. I just, I can't like, I can't really give it a great review. It's like warning too. It's I, I go movie. You, you really try. Yeah, you, you can, can feel the You can do it. it. Yeah. yeah. But I, it's hard to recommend either of them unless you're like me and you watch all science fiction movies. If you are like me and you do that, these are these are, you know, these ones are worth your time. If you're not, these ones aren't worth. It's just they just aren't worth your time. That's what it boils yep. down to, unfortunately. All right. Well, let's move on to Vesper. Gorgeous poster on Vesper. Oh yeah. Um, I'll give you the uh, the the little. Uh, You'll have to the these because uh, struggling to survive with her father after the collapse of Earth's ecosystem. 13-year-old Vesper must use her wits, strength, and biohacking abilities to fight for the future. Vesper's pretty good. Vesper's a step up from these last couple um, in a major way, although it its weird factor is jacked up as well. So your, your tolerance for it or your willingness to get through it will be how much you can handle sort of strange things. Because it's, it's, it's not just... It's not just oh the, the way this person interacts with plants and stuff is weird. It that's weird, but it the people in it are weird. Eddie Marsan plays a like the head of like some weird post-apocalyptic cult, mm-hmm. and of course he's not. He doesn't come out and make big fascist speeches every night or anything. He just finds people who he can control and enslaves them to his own purpose. He's like a you know, he's like a, a bunker in the mountains kind of cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. A, he he doesn't act yeah. on belief. He acts on power and what and the, the the everybody's a means to an end to his own gratification, essentially. And that's weird. And it the the actor's great. And so he plays the like who is this guy aspect of that like as good as anybody so i I admire that uh the girl in it's fantastic she's got a lot of complex ideas to to wrestle rafaela rafaela chapman yeah she's great the titular vesper yeah she's great and there's another girl in it who's they kind of you know alliances shift throughout the film but Mm -hmm. Rosie McEwen, yeah. Yeah, but it's weird. You want to, you know, when you want to watch a post-apocalyptic movie, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think most people, they want to see the young hero, you know, kick ass. And it's just, it is not that kind of movie at all. It's it's very contemplative. It shows a really super dark side of humanity. But the thing I like about it compared to something like Warning is it it just attacks that Mm -hmm. head on and and doesn't um it just doesn't pull its punches with you the viewer at all and i love that about it not to mention what joel mentioned just take a look at the poster if 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 
that doesn't want, draw you into the world of the story, then then you're you're free to go. You don't have mm-hmm. don't look no further at Vesper. But it it it's it's not as glorious and amazing. It's not a visual feast like the poster might suggest it is, but when it is, it really is. And that's, mm-hmm. again, that's that's the great thing about little science fiction films. What can you do visually that'll knock our socks off for a few seconds? Because um, you just, you know, we're looking at your budget page for the day and you only have a few seconds. <laughs> so right. better, better get it done. Vesper, Vesper delivers on all levels. Really, really smart, if a bit unpleasant, as a post-apocalypse probably would be, you know, let's face it. Right. It's, it's a fantasy world for us. A lot of the times, even the the really dark, awful, there's a very, we're going through a a post-apocalypse, you know, there's um, the HBO show on now that everybody really, really loves, you know? Oh yeah. The last of us. Yeah. That's that, that game is rough. And so I, I, you can just kind of feel that the show is going to be taxing and is going to take you down. But in the end, even that it's the fantasy of surviving in this world. That's that, that's the thing that it's fulfilling. And this Vesper uh, sidesteps that altogether and makes something altogether more complicated that I really, really (laughs) dug, but it's hard. I don't know if I, you know, I have it here, but I I don't know how many times I'm going to watch it. It really is one of those proud to own it. Uh, I'm behind you a hundred percent, (laughs) but, but when somebody's like, how about Vesper? I'm being like, "Ah!" Uh, maybe not you go here but why don't you go watch that at home by yourself you watch that without me i'm gonna have a sandwich uh let's move on to and i'm gonna uh, thank take a moment to thank everything for not living in a post-apocalypse i'm there you go i feel like i'm almost nearly completely a pre-apocalypse type of person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think it's okay finally now at this Mm -hmm. age and this point of where i have a little bit of wisdom to admit that to you all yeah you know and i think that's uh i think that's uh very astute of you uh to to have waited until you have enough years under your belt to go yeah no i'm pretty solid i think i'm pretty solid pre pre pre-apocalypse uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to after Yang. Um, in the near future, a family reckons with questions of love, connection, and loss after their AI helper unexpectedly breaks down. So after Yang is a step up from the rest of these, but it's still a step way, way down from, I think, what you think of conventional uh, science fiction. But this film has recognizable movie stars in it. Yep. It's 824, so it's that's hardly a big studio, but that's a small studio where you can expect a certain um, kind of quality of a thing. Um, maybe not every time, but it, you know, that that th- those guys are really, really popular with cinephiles because they make pop entertainment in a really smart, thoughtful, and low budget way, and and they're not even mid budget pictures, but as we think of them today, but, but for, for what feel like independent films that are directed by Hollywood directors and star Holly, big Hollywood actors, Colin Farrell in this case, um, Mm -hmm. there really is a, 
a quality threshold that you can rely on, which I really, really, really love. Um, this movie, however, despite me feeling that way, got past me somehow. So this is just not an old movie, but 2020, I want to say. 21, yeah. 21. Mm-hmm, 21. Well, we're talking about 21. So, um, A friend of the show, Bill, who he's been my movie buddy for since, I don't know, kindergarten, basically. So <laughs> we, we, he, me, he and I go way, way back. And like, as I like to say, I have the scars to show it because I do. Um, he, he recommended this. And he usually when he's he, – it's funny because he was trepidatious in his recommendation because, again, these films aren't for everybody. But he's like, this seems like the kind of thing you really, really like. And I did. I mm. really, really liked After Yang. It's the story of a upper-middle-class family mm-hmm. whose robot or whose artificial person was like a major part of their life especially their young child's life. Yeah. Um, and when it starts to break down, uh, she's desperate to, the little girl is desperate to see it, get the care that it needs. Like it was a person. A problem Mm -hmm. is, uh, these things aren't designed to last. Uh, the way to get them fixed if you don't get them fixed under their official warranty is sketchy. Uh, our hero, who who really is sort of okay with parting with this thing, but is carrying out the wishes of his family, mm-hmm. stumbles into what might be part of a greater mystery of who this person was, this artificial person was. Um and is compelled to investigate it. And it, when it comes to exploring humanity through science fiction ideas, so good, so good. Exploring grief, exploring how we recognize our collective humanity in each other. Um, it has this fantastic, again, I don't want to call it futuristic, but it has this fantastic like scenic design that really does make you feel like you're in a, a, a near future. Um, the robot characters are really, really interesting. The different people from the guy, from the guy in the illegitimate workshop who will do this and so and so to your, will hack your artificial Mm -hmm. person and get you back going for, you know, fraction of the cost all the way to the people who, when these things break down, uh, sort of in a almost worshipful way, uh, try to preserve the essence of their their memories and their experiences and save them and and everything in between and the the corporate structure of the people who your artificial person made it's all very you know like unfeeling yeah. and awful it's really neat he goes over to his, one of his neighbor's houses to ask them something and they have a, a daughter who's a clone of their previous daughter this doesn't this doesn't really is one of the great things about the movie it's just like this doesn't come out what exactly is going on here but it's gotten back to her that this particular guy doesn't like clones or whatever or is against the idea of clones and she's trying to help because she knows somebody who knows this artificial person um but she doesn't want to help this guy she's like you don't like clones or whatever she says and it's it's he's like (laughs) All of our prejudices when we're confronted with them like that are it's it's this fantastic moment. It's like he's not it doesn't have anything against you, the clone. It's cloning mm-hmm. in general. And he tries to do this sort of liberal, yeah. you know, two step 
to get himself out of it. And it just, it, she just, just <laughs> I can't remember the name of the actor. Right. It's this fantastic moment. And, and it's, but, and yet it's a little thing that the movie's not going to explore, but it, all those things, the film's full of that sort of stuff. The family does a family. It's this TV show where you, you set up your, your, basically it's fancier than this holographic and everything, but he's basically set up your webcams and you do a dance contest. And it's, <laughs> it's like an old fashioned dance contest. You, you lose when you start, when you get exhausted and you just start losing track of the steps or you collapse. And it was a thing that they did with their robot every, you know, once a week that they can't kind of do with, without him. The guy who plays Yang is amazing. He keeps it really, really close, and and yet he he shows us little hints at who he is throughout. I just I was super taken with it. It's not like some ten star movie or anything. It's a modest film, yeah. and I don't want to overstate it. But as far as little science fiction goes, it's among the best I've seen in the last few years for sure. Well, I I highly recommend it. Feral is fan, it's fantastic in it. Really, really good. Well, a movie that I know that you like, uh, and uh, I am I'm very excited to see this. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet is uh brian and charles charles another <laughs> robot story oh my god yeah after um, a this particularly is a silly, harsh yeah almost stupid uh english uh outcast lonely guy builds a robot companion for himself it's very found footagey in a way even though it's not a found footage movie a lot of what we experience is through brian's videos that he makes that show him fixing this or inventing that or doing this. And one night he just builds this guy who's uh, Charles. I can't remember Charles's mm -hmm. full name, but it is delightful. Um, Let's see if I can find it here. Yeah. I don't think you'll find it on IMDb, but maybe somewhere in a, somewhere in a, in a deeper review, he, he gives himself a last name and it's fantastic. Uh, and the guy who plays Charles is, is so good. And so he basically builds a robot and the robot, you know, very quickly gets his own idea about things. He's very childlike and yet he's got a lot of different unique capabilities. Um, he makes, uh, friends with a woman who's always thought that he was kind of neat, but he was kind of too shy or awkward to know played by what's her face who plays the too shy and awkward chick in uh, Sherlock. <laughs> uh, She's a really, really sure accomplished Louise. writer and artist yeah. and stuff. And yet the only use that the film industry has for her is to basically play this same quirky tripping over her own tongue sort of character that she, I've only ever yep. seen her play that. And it's Louise weird because Brady. that's, yep. That's she does that really well, and yet that really is a performance. Go find an interview of her talking about something she's into. She's like a totally different person, you know. So that can be disappointing sometimes, right? We talked about that phenomenon mm -hmm. with um, was it Stephanie Beatrice on on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, where yeah. that's that person she plays is this invention. It's just, she's nothing like that, and she says it's it's cool. 
but it's it's it sucks to meet people who are a fan of your show and to repeatedly see the disappointment wash over her them that, yeah. you're, that yes. you are nothing like that person like that person's not here she's nowhere people don't super fans don't want to feel that way yeah. the, the other one was what's his face brian on the office i can't remember his name oh brian baumgartner yeah same yeah. thing that guy that that guy's nothing like that guy and and mm-hmm. you know that's that is real acting that's getting up every morning and putting the whole yep. disguise on same thing i'm sure i matter of fact i know this actor it's chris hayward plays uh Charles, you know, it's obviously nothing yeah. like him, but and she's Charles like, Petrescu. I am Charles Petrescu. <laughs> so awesome! <laughs> Look, I, it's a, it's a, it, 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 it doesn't even deal with science fiction really very directly. This is like a weird feel-good English film, uh, but it doesn't make you feel super good. The, the, the sheep farming bullies in this part of England that live near him are really mean Mm. and so he's really under threat and this invention that he makes is under threat and the threat's real um but it's hard to explain yep it's hard to explain she she she's the soul of the thing and she kind of comes to brian when he's most down and most scared to to act and to be brave which is what the film is building to I don't think that's a spoiler alert. I mean, you feel that in your core from the get-go. Um, yep. he, and she says, you know, you, I, I've never known a person who like created a whole thing. You know, you, you, you can, you don't have to be stronger and you don't have to, she, she gets you, all you have to do is be what you are to be clever and fight, fight this in your own way. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a great I mean, it's again, it's a simple, goofy, funny morality tale, but that that's a really, really good message that's at the heart of it. And so I laughed many, many times throughout it, and it's hard to get me to laugh at these types of things. Um, I do think it's, it's heart stringy and manipulative and pandering. It's all, it's all <laughs> those things, you know, but yeah, as I said, sometimes in the it's all about the execution. Sometimes. That's exactly what you want, you know, and and it I I I I loved it. I think Joel Joel. It's too bad we can't get his take because I think he would love it. He loves yeah, this kind of story. I really wanted I to get to it before it this more than me yeah. even. Yeah. I wanted to get to this movie before uh, before this I episode. Petrescu. And yeah, now yeah, Charles, uh, uh, stay happy. through the closing credits. Charles has a song that he sings for us. During those, which is great. Mm, yay. Um, all right. Our final movie in Lil Lil. I wish it would L I apostrophe L. That would have been Lil better. Science I apologize fiction. for my categories this year. They're not super mm-hmm. clever. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, don't worry. We still have a Liam Neeson category. Sure. That's always that's important. That and is coming up until the end of time. Liam um, did not take but, the year off, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, he did not um all right our uh our, our final film in this category um it is called swan song uh with mahershala ali and Naomi Harris apple tv and where movies go yep. to be seen by no one um right. 
Truly, I mean, I, Apple. Some people all have Apple TV. I get it. I mean, if you're one of those, I people love. That, I I have Apple TV and I love it. Apple Originals are pretty good. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. it, these none of these things. I mean, Coda in a sort of miracle way, but mm-hmm. they just don't. They don't get this movie. Should have got out there. Word should have got out. Was uh, word of mouth should have served it well. Um, it and, and none of those things appear to have happened. Uh, this is a film about, we just talked about it a little bit. It's about cloning. Uh, Mershala plays, uh, 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 guy, uh, a business guy who's a very (laughs) sensitive artist soul to him who has terminal cancer and is trying to decide whether he's going to clone himself for his future family. Uh, Glenn Close runs a company that, um, that does that it's very much in its in its beta stage so it's only ever it's been tested a lot but it's only been implemented by one other person he would be the second and a big part of it and the only way it works is if you don't disclose any of the details to your family they can't know they're getting a clone or psychologically the whole thing basically breaks down right so he has to keep it a secret. That's part of the covenant between him and this high-tech place that does this. And, of course, they really want him to do it, but they're also very brutally honest with him and put him through a lot of tests. Um, there's fantastic scenes where he meets with the woman who – the first woman who agreed to do it, and she's she's dying too, and she's, like, smoking cigarettes and is really crabby. <laughs> So she doesn't help. They want, and again, it's that kind of thing. Like, is that, no best- is that Aquafina? Is that Aquafina playing? No, that Aquafina is his his wife, I believe. Right. Uh oh, I thought his wife was uh, Naomi Harris. Oh, that's right. Naomi Harris is his wife. So it, uh, you have to forgive me. It's yeah. it's shot and made. It, it's shot. It's the story's told in not chronological order so uh-huh. it bounces around in time so you you see him with people and then you see him meet his, his future wife before his kid arrives and stuff so it's all kind of mixed up yeah, um aquafina yeah, yeah. maybe it is aquafina i don't know i'd have to see her to know sorry i don't i don't think so though okay um she's uh she's just like an asian american woman i, I don't know her name yeah that's aquafina is yep, it that's aquafina she, she's yep. fantastic in it so if it is great aquafina good job she uh yeah she's like did you see her <laughs> she's like <laughs> it she made this choice for her family but you can just tell she resents the hell out of this clone that is her these clones are very convincing to the point that the movie, like if you if they walk around each other in circles wearing the same clothes, we would lose track of who was the person and who wasn't. Yeah. Only they really know. So great chance for dual, you know, acting and stuff, and yeah. all these little challenges that are pretty easy parent trap like tricks that we can pull off in a simple movie these days, uh, digitally with ease, but are are kind of a Kind of amazing things. Mershala and his clone get into a big argument, and it ends with the actual guy having an, an episode due to his cancer, and that 
that weird thing, you know, between brothers where you just are, they're at each other's throats truly in the scene. And then when you see him get hurt, he immediately rushes to assist him and help him. And it's, the movies like that, it just keeps you emotionally off base. And wow, it's so cool because it's, what are we talking about? The stuff we're talking about is just, it's high concept and it's crazy. It's but so high concept. It's yeah. super high concept. And yet it, 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 no more. And after Yang is really good. And yet no movie on this list manages that juggling act of of being a film about ideas about those using those incredible fantastical ideas to examine our own souls like uh swan song just a just a remarkable piece of filmmaking <laughs> really really truly mm -hmm. all involved uh, doing an amazing job so uh those two films um in particular but this one most of all i really 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 thought were incredible and I expected to like them, but that's the, that's, and the weird thing is that's why I watch them all. Cause you never know which one's going to get you. You really don't. Right. The, uh, that's why I watch them all. So that's why I sit through something like warning or Rubicon. Cause well, it, it who knows? Never, this could be the yep, one. You never know when you get, yep. And as I say, if you watch a ton of movies and you like science fiction a lot, these sorts of things, you should, you should always be looking for the little ones. Um, Swan Song's fantastic, man. I, it's so good. Very cool. Yeah. I will definitely check that out. Um, okay. Well, speaking of like, you know, looking for the one and always trying to find that, you know, uh, the, you know, speak like speaking of masters of subtlety and just, uh, really trying to, to get it as we get into big science fiction here. Uh, no big one is, fiction. yeah, big science fiction. And when we're talking about subtlety and, and, and just nuance, we think, of course, of Roland Emmerich and uh, um, uh, his, uh, his latest foray is Moonfall. Moonfall. Remember when Moonfall, Moonfall came out? It was just a year ago, right around now, but it seems <laughs> like a lifetime ago. And um, I'm going to, Friends of the show had an online conversation. If either of them are listening, uh, just for that reason, I'm gonna I will disguise who they are. But mm -hmm. if you're a longtime listener, maybe you can figure it out. <laughs> uh, one of our friends, big Roland Emmerich fan, <laughs> like uh, uh, outsized approves of things like 2012, really? and just stuff that's just junk. Okay. All right. Uh, 2012 is fine. We've talked about it on the show, but friend of the show who who's super into that and thinks Day After Tomorrow is like really actually good, um, and not just pleasantly divertingly stupid. Uh, hated this. Turned it off after 15 minutes. The effects were terrible. Everything's bad out of it. And then went wow. online to tell everybody. Hated it. Dismissed. Dismissal. And uh, another friend of the show, who remained nameless as well, said, "I don't, I don't know. I think you should probably, uh, you know, uh, relook into that. Uh, it's actually a great story about how the savior of the universe can come from the most unexpected place, and how even the smallest among us can accomplish great things." And someone just went off on this whole like, "Is that what it's about?" 
(laughs) (laughs) But that made me, uh, and other friend of the show was like, "Ah, that's Patrick Wilson and I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) So anyway, it's fun. Uh, I got to experience a bit of this discourse until Thanksgiving rolled around and I actually watched Moonfall. Um... (laughs) Out there amongst our our pals, and I'll, I just I hate to say this because I admire you all a lot, but you were all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If you showed up for Moonfall and you couldn't get through fifteen minutes of it, the problem's you. It's not Moonfall at all. Moonfall delivers the same dumb crap we've been seeing from the same group of people for uh, however long. And it's no, is it as good as 2012? No, but it it is. Is it some horrible thing that just fails on every level for the first 15 minutes or so painful you have to turn it off? Absolutely, it is not. Very few movies are that, in fact. So I don't know where that comes from. That's crazy. Um, also, uh, with respect to our second viewer who I apologize for the impression, but I wanted to get a little flavor of who that was in there. Cause, cause when I, cause I when I read it, it yep. when I read it, I read it that, that way in that voice, you know, I heard my friend's head in my voice, uh, in my head. Uh, that is really giving this thing way too much credit. <laughs> Although it, you can't argue with the specifics of that one. At least that first thing, I'm just like, I don't, you know, what, who cares about your opinion if you only watch the first 15 minutes? Nobody. You, you really almost right. don't. I, I know you have a right to it, but you really don't if you didn't stick it out. you know. Um, if you turned it off with 15 minutes to go because you just couldn't take anymore, I'll hear you out. But if you just bailed on the thing before anything even started happening, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's not cool. I, it's not that you can't do that. It's that what you think about it is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Moonfall also doesn't, I don't think, is served very well by digging too deep into the meanings of it. It does have that aspect, though. Uh, our buddy from Game of Thrones, what's his name? Uh, John Bradley, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, John Bradley. He's the hero of this thing. Um, and not and not in a way that is immediately obvious. He feels like the goofy sidekick character that that actor is destined to play until he dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. As good as he is, that's just kind of what he's always going to be. You know what I mean? Even if he really worked out, and even if he really like got into shape and tried to get all Hollywood or whatever. Uh, he's just ne- he's always going to be that weird goofy guy because he's a weird goofy guy in life that we adore. Um, and he's adorable in Moonfall. So, so outright hating it is crazy. Um, that, that uh, the underdog, you know, can, can notice the right thing at the right time and save the world. I really, I do like that aspect of it. That's not enough to like make it some sort of thoughtful thing though. It's just really stupid disaster movie. That's, and, and even as an ensemble disaster movie, 2012, part of why it works is all the globe hopping that you do in this big disparate ensemble of characters that you experience the thing with. This is really tight on just a few people and that mm-hmm. whether it intends to, and I don't think it does, but whether a disaster movie intends to or not, the tighter group of people that you spend the movie with a la San Andreas is a great example. The more the loss of life globally 
the less it means, basically. The the, mm-hmm. the more they're just they're not us. We'd be like the Rock and his hot wife, man. We're and his hot or his hotter daughter, and her hot new friends that are super yes. hot. Um, that's the you know that we just identify with this jacked up fucking superstar hero guy because we're fools, we're idiots. We're all idiot pre-apocalypse people who would not be that person at all. And when we see <laughs> Joe Schmo over here, like falling to his death from the top of a skyscraper, we're like, it's like whatever. Like that's me. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start seeing these things from yeah. a little, just a, maybe not completely, but a little bit from that perspective. More importantly, the filmmakers really need to keep their minds on what, on that sort of thing. Um, this film that can't manage that. I don't know if it just doesn't have enough people or whatever. Uh, Patrick Wilson is a more, more conventional hero, but the film even does a pretty good job of making him an every man. And Patrick, despite a uh, friend of the show three's opinion, I've always thought he was great. So I like him. Um, he's great. I know Patrick Wilson and he has his uses. Uh, hey, he's and got a lovely else? voice. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Um, you know, Halle Berry, mm-hmm. uh, who made an extraordinary movie last year that she directed and starred in. I don't remember what it is about the, the ultimate fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Who's uh, a little faster prime. that is, uh, bruised. Uh, this gig yeah. likely paid for that movie. <laughs> so, and it feels mm-hmm. like it, it feels like, well, if we're going to do that garage extension this year, I better get myself into Moonfall. And unfortunately, Halle Berry's like, you know, I, she's great, but she's in that weird spot where, you yep. know, when she goes for the big blockbuster, uh, it's probably not like the latest Marvel movie or whatever. It's going to be something like this. It's a huge independent production. The destruction is massive. The effects are a little dubious at times. But once they get into the into space, spoiler alert, in the last act, there's a sort of sci-fi-ness to it that mm-hmm. that helps to redeem the experience. But just you got to know, Roland Emmerich at this point, he didn't even want, and if you feel it when you're watching, you don't want to be making this kind of movie anymore. He just feels like he has to to make money. And then when it comes out and it doesn't even make money and it bombs and nobody even likes it, it's like, it's just so sad. It's just a sad little thing. And But I can't bring myself to hate it. These were the kinds of movies, you know, the whole adult life they've been making. And this one, it's among the worst, but it, it, you can't. You can't make it and set it and forget it. This it took a thousand people to make and a jillion dollars, and you know yeah. that's that's what you're tuning in for. And on some level, it delivers. And on the level of friend of the show number two, it delivers even a little bit more. I mean, what what else do you want? You know, I, right. I it's fine. It's not skippable if you like that kind of dumb stuff. But it is it is dumb and really reevaluate how you feel about some of these things. If you really thought San Andreas was good. Right. I don't where, I don't know what our common frame of reference could even be. (laughs) Same. That's a good comparison to this film. Um, (laughs) In terms of it's just utter stupidity and it's totally tight focused. Only this family and these guys even matter in the whole universe. Mm -hmm. Kind of just, Stupid storytelling. So, 
Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to uh, another. But it's going to be my joke this Oscar season. I'm going to be, you watch for me trolling out there on the internet and be like, did Moonfall win anything? Yeah. Where are we at on Moonfall? That's going to be my live blog. Mm-hmm. It, Geostorm was funny. The year Geostorm came out by Roland's former partner, Dean Devlin, also terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moonfall, by the way, hey, okay, if Geostorm is your common frame of reference, Moonfall considerably better than Geostorm. It's maybe not totally better put together, but it's way less full of itself and way more fun, and at least it's that. Um, but that was my favorite. was like, did Geostorm win anything? Was Geostorm nominated? Did Geostorm, did they, did they at least let the people from Geostorm read the nominations? Um, all right, next up is The Atom Project. Oh, with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Jennifer Garner. You guys all saw this one, right? Ryan Reynolds, you all were there on day one. It took me weeks, months to even go, can I sit here with Ryan Reynolds for two hours? Like that's. It takes a lot for me to get geared up for that. I have to talk mm-hmm. myself into it. And then I have to make sure that when I sit down and watch it, I at least have something of an open mind so I'm not like, getting all mad at it like that's no way yeah. to go through especially a, a super crowd pleasing film like this one is mm-hmm. yeah uh you want to read the synopsis i mean i like i say i think after that I'm, yeah yeah after accidentally crash landing in 2022 time traveling fighter pilot adam reed teams up with his 12 year old self for a mission to save the future it's super fun watching Ryan Reynolds argue with his younger, smarter self throughout the film. That is really, really actually a treat. Uh, it's really neat. There's those scenes in Iron Man 3, I want to say, where the he bumps into that kid where he cr- kind of crash lands after yeah. his big fight. Those are yeah. the best scenes in the movie. And the payoff for those scenes at the end just makes your heart swell, which it's not that kind of movie. And yet it pulls off that neat little trick that I really, really dig. Um, this guy, because uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, sees in this kid a, a nugget of himself. Mm-hmm. And while he has enough self-hate that it makes him be really mean to the kid the entire time, he he also wants to nurture the side of him that he's most proud of him himself. It's psychologically complex and really interesting. And this film's like that, carried out on a grand time travel adventure, you know, scale. It's really really fun. Uh, they they bop around in time together to solve a bunch of time anomaly problems and blah blah blah. They're like the plot is whatever. Yeah. Because as smart as it is, it's not technically a smart movie. Uh, way smarter than something like Moonfall, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but that sort of like this great moment where Reynolds barks at the kid for being mean to his mom, who's basically a single mom now and is doing her best. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that, it that gets to you, you know, and you couldn't do that if you weren't in a time travel adventure. <laughs> right. And that's what's neat. Yeah. You know, that's what's neat about all these things, you know. It's it's definitely a movie about ideas, but it's definitely it's it's it is what it is. It it's Ryan Reynolds. It can't not be a big wisecracky, uh, blabbermouth thing, which it is, and it can't not be a super hard tuggy, oh, absolutely over the top, 
all the bad guys have something bad happen to them. All the good guys live free and happy forever. And, you know, it just is so obvious in every way. Yeah. And yet, like I said, I, I enjoyed it because the, 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 because they really reaped a lot of cool interpersonal drama out of the, out of the concept. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's all I ask. And they did it. So I can't complain at all. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't add anything to that. It was, you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's a fun film. If it's you, just a little you, bit more than fun, which is, yeah, again, that's, and it, you know, it's more than you get a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to, uh, uh, boy, uh, there's really no easy way to just transition into a movie called Spiderhead. Um, Spiderhead really goes more in the little sci-fi section, honestly, but it it yeah, but it kind of doesn't. It rides the line a little bit. Uh, Spiderhead came out a couple weeks after Top Gun Maverick, is made by the same people, which you will not mm-hmm. know when you're watching it, but you may know it if you've seen some of this fellow's other films, uh, Oblivion. I can't remember his firefighting movie. Uh, which also oh, has, we're talking about yeah we're talking about Kaczynski uh, Joseph yeah. Kaczynski yeah Joseph yeah. Kaczynski so, so we got a, yeah we got a L- Oblivion we got uh, I believe that was uh, is that only the Brave is yeah only fight? the Brave yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tron Legacy and yeah uh, yeah and I I Tron Legacy is good y'all I don't know mm-hmm. that's really good yeah I like yeah that's a movie whose um, goodness went yeah. right over the heads of a lot of audiences in a way that I, in a similar way I think the Matrix sequels goodness is also do and i think that movie gets better every year since it's come out they're trying to make mm-hmm. a neutron movie with jared leto good luck with that ladies and gentlemen um mm-hmm. that's got some good people attached to it and i like jared apparently more than most of america but the yeah the uh yeah. the it's just getting the tone of tron integrated into anything you think that you're gonna do is tough it was it was, you know, it's tough. And he managed that. He managed to give yeah. you a sequel that was digitized, that was amazing, that took you back to an amazing world, that took all the concepts from the original movie and expanded upon them philosophically and interpersonally. I mean, I don't know what, I, I just don't know what else you could have wanted from that thing. Sure. Uh, just um, not to mention Daft Punk. Holy good Lord in heaven. Yep. <laughs> the, um, it's so good. The music for yeah. that is so, should have been nominated for an Oscar, and really, I don't know what won, but should have won. That music yeah. is amazing. Uh, so back to Joseph's current thing, Spiderhead, which is terrible. Spiderhead. Yep. Spiderhead. Um, it's the only movie of his I actively didn't like. And oh, really? Oh. Yeah, and it, and it and it and I didn't like it because I just didn't like it. You, ick. The movies is icky. It's about these people who are on this weird island facility and they have this sort of drug induced uh it's all you know it's all psychobabble yeah. tech and stuff but basically they're developing these things that that change human behavior. Yeah. And so all these there so these characters tell her mostly but there's a handful of others that we meet at different intervals they're just rats in a maze essentially and mm-hmm. and the stuff they're made to do to each other and the the way their own personalities are sort of betrayed by these experiences it's it's just icky and hard to watch that is what the movie's about so i don't want to be like oh 
you're a terrible little... I mean, the movie isn't exactly pro <laughs> this experiment. Yeah. Indeed, it's it's obviously very anti this experiment, but it's still, it still, you know, holds off to the point that it, it doesn't want us hating it from the start and it it failed with me i hated it i just thought i hate that i like who wants to see people lose their autonomy and fight yep. each other or you know rut with each other or whatever it is it's just it just feels you feel ugly watching it and hemsworth uh chris hemsworth he's the main guy who runs this facility for this sh weird shadow company or whatever mm-hmm yeah, he's great in it though. I have to say, because he's just he's he's like Hems Chris can't play it like a tech billionaire. You know what I mean? Like he, you yeah. wouldn't believe that, and yet he can't come in like a beefcake or whatever either. So what does he got to do? He really negotiates the thing masterfully. Mm -hmm. So it's a really strong performance by him. I think Teller's always good if he's doing engaging material, which this is. But the film's gross and it makes you feel bad. And I just got to warn you that that's really, and it does it in this gross kind of way. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to say. It's, it's smart. It looks great as you'd expect from a Joseph Krasinski movie. Um, it's well acted. Yeah. It explores its ideas uh, straight up and fully. I just, I guess it's just my own phobia or whatever. I'm not the only one who hates this thing. There's people out yeah. there who can't stand it. I, I, I am not on the, I'm not with, I'm not on their side of the rope line though, where they think it's not worth your time or it's blah, blah, blah. It's just, just know that you're getting into, you know, unless you think that kind of thing is like turns your crank and, and even then right. you probably won't like it because it, it doesn't come down on the. It's all good fun side of things, you know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. It's good, though. Um, it, it, it's good to grapple with something. Or it's good yeah. to be, every once in a while, not constantly, but it's good to be sort of slapped in the face by a movie every once in a while. That's that's definitely what Spiderhead did. It, But it tricked people. It, it made you feel like you're going to watch some. I don't sure. Know, maybe, but maybe it didn't. Maybe I just am stupid and had the wrong expectations. <laughs> that can That can affect things. Uh, let's move on to a movie that uh, had a lot of uh, had a lot of discussion and press and everything um, uh, off camera. Uh, you could argue that all of the stuff that happened um, in, in off screen and in Hollywood, all the Hollywood uh, politicky crap about it, uh, overshadowed the movie itself. Um, and that is, uh, don't worry, darling. Olivia Wilde, yeah, and director. of course, sorry, y'all. Even putting it in this category is just a pretty big spoiler, actually. Right. Although I don't think I think even from like the trailer or even just the sense of the thing from the poster or whatever, like I don't think you think it's really about like a realistic portrayal of life in the desert in the fifty or right. the late fifties amongst these uh, couples or whatever. Uh, it is a high concept thing it's a uh, without saying even what it is because we won't get into that it, it the way it reveals itself is interesting it's well plotted thing but it is sort of a twilight zone sort of outer limits idea yes. and those sorts of things are always challenged to be 
a two hour, two hour and change type of films. Um, mm -hmm. Warning sidestepped that by just doing four Twilight Zone episodes and intercutting between them. Um, this this goes for broke in its idea and the big the, the critics the critics who actually watched this with a I don't want to say objective eye because who among us is really objective I don't think that's a useful mm -hmm. word to trot out but critics who tried to watch it with an open mind let's say really did see the joy of it the design aspects of it are kind of amazing the the they really are it, it's a really interesting world that the story creates and it feels wrong from the get-go and and um florence Pugh sort of carries the thing along she's really really good in it uh olivia wilde who adapted it and directed it um ha, is, who's and who's also acts in it had sort of cast herself in the lead as the lead character and is somewhere in the pre-production process wisely decided that she'd kind of be better off to the side and that the film would 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 work better with Florence mm -hmm. would just you know with that kind of person at the central well, that was a great creative decision um but we'll talk a little bit about the drama why not let's dive in we don't do this very often let's dive into a little no. bit about it um first big news was Shia LaBeouf getting fired for being too quote confrontational um on set and Sh Shia uh, partly because he was in one of my favorite films from last year, the the um, story of a woman or whatever it was. Uh, that's so good. Um, yep. And just partly because I think he got a totally raw deal here. He's a guy who can't take too many more. He walked off set. He did this crazy thing, like blah, blah, blah. He, he, he claims he didn't get fired from this. He quit because he couldn't take it anymore. And he even produced a bunch of uh, emails where Olivia's trying to convince him to stay on the project. There is no evidence that he pissed anybody off and no actors have come out and said such since. So that's weird. Uh, that's how it starts. He gets replaced by Harry Styles, who the who the person in charge of this big Hollywood project then immediately falls in love with and spends all her free time with, and even some of the time she's supposed to be on set, just somewhere <laughs> with the other co-star of the film, and nobody knows yeah. what's going on. So that's strange. But we've all had our crushes and stuff. You know, maybe we've not been put in charge of a project of quite this magnitude and then just didn't come to work. But I, I have to say I'm sympathetic to Olivia because I think she's a good actor and a good storyteller that I, that I have felt that like, all I want to do is just stare at the sky and dream of this person. Sort of. right. I have gone through that insanity more than once. And so I do know where that comes from. But that didn't help. And then more and more, uh, Florence, who's a really tough and outspoken kid. Sorry if that's a demeaning word, but she's a young actor who just is really yep. uh, amazing. We're going to talk. Uh, or did we already talk? We talked about uh, The Wonder earlier in the show, didn't we? Yes, we did. Holy Moses. The Wonder is really, really good. If you can see only one Florence Pugh movie this year. Um... This movie, it's too bad that all that happened to it because it's not worth it. 
None of that is that scandalous to me, I have to say. I mean, I get it, but it, it isn't. You didn't, you're not hearing about crazy improper behavior from people. You're not hearing about anything like that. It's, it's all just gossipy high school BS, which is funny because that's what Olivia's earlier film was about. <laughs> um, and and it, it didn't affect the movie. In fact, the tension between these people in the movie is palpable and it enhances the movie if anything and and it's it's good it's just it's it's for being as smart and full of itself as it is it's not good enough it really is very pleased with itself that's a dangerous line to walk when especially when the story becomes about you and not the story um but i people who like that twisty tales of of you know, in of of entrapment. I don't know. I, I I still kind of refuse to get too into what the movie itself is, but it's it's. I liked it. I sat here in the middle of the afternoon, expecting to be like, mm, let's try this thing. Yep. And I and I didn't. I don't love it, but I I was absolutely. It the film is really well done, and it absolutely captured my attention for the entire runtime. So I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing bad about it itself, but, but, right. uh, you know, try something <laughs> for did. me. Maybe this is a late sort of new year's real resolution. Unless you, that he's had his moments. There's no question, but unless you really hear that he did something terrible, lay off Shia LaBeouf a little bit. He's having a hard time and is really just trying yeah. to do his best. The worst thing he's yeah, done well, was, was doing an autobiography where he made everything up about himself. But Hey, check out the autobiographies that are out there. That category's coming. Yeah, they don't tend to be super truthful. No, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Shia, you know, a lot of criticism thrown at Shia LaBeouf is justified. Yes, but it, this but, ain't one of it. This yeah, but one of ain't yeah, part of it. but exactly. This isn't, and a lot of it isn't. We we get to the point where we just pile mm -hmm. on people. You know what I mean? Tom Cruise right. jumps on the couch, and it's like. And I'm like, you guys, right. even if you want to criticize Tom Cruise, there's a lot to criticize. That's mm -hmm. not one of the things. What is the matter with all of you? He's just right. excited to be in love with somebody. Just fucking chill out, America. I know yeah. that's ancient history. We all love him again. Well, and we, you know, and I, well, you can make the same argument with uh, with Olivia Wilde, you know, at this point. You know, yeah, she, yeah. Yes, yes, she was married, um, but she fell in love with someone. And it, it, it happens. Now, now, yeah, that happens, and and it, 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 but is that is that part of the movie? Is that you know, and and it's like, um, you it know, is. when you start, it is yeah. part of the movie. It's two in, in front of camera talents having an affair, and you can feel it when. You and one of them is also the director when she's supposed to be directing. There, she's off, you know, running around having a great time with this pop singer trying to turn actor. Um, I would have and loved to see so. Shia in the movie too. Not because Harry's not good; he's pretty great actually. He's got one scene where he's particularly good. He's not a. I don't. He's to me. He's not a great actor, but he is. He there's a version of this film, the one we ended up with, in fact, where he it fits. Yeah, uh, I would have liked to see Shia in it though, because the version of the film that he fits in is a slightly more interesting film. Um. So let's move into so next we're going to be talking about a movie that uh, that is that that led the Academy Award nominations. It has more Academy Award nominations than any other film. 
It is, uh, it, it is um, by all accounts, kind of bonkers. And um, it, is, it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, wow. And this isn't even the final film in this category, is it? Or is no, it? no, no, because we'll talk about this movie. At, at, no, you have to indulge us. We, we've had some pretty tight, right on time episodes so far in this series. This one might roll a little over. I apologize for that ahead of time. Um, because everything, everywhere, all at once is a lot to talk about. And maybe... Mm -hmm. And I hate to not give it its sort of its due here, but maybe this is one where we have to come back to it. Uh, America. Uh, let's come back to it. Let's come. I, I absolutely want to come back to it because it is, there's a lot to discuss here and, and we, we do have a lot of, other things. so, I mean, and I think that our listeners would want us to, 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 to you get want to add it to baiting the 2023 Oscars. Cause that's going to be a monster uh, yeah, let's episode do that. too. Yeah. Well, that, that'll probably be the entire episode is just those, those films. But I think, uh, I think it uh, because this movie and this movie may indeed, uh, you know, it's right now it's the odds on favorite to win. So I think Best it picture? is. I, I, yeah, that's what right now Vegas is. is saying right now. Yeah. Now, obviously, that 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 can all change and we can have a big, nah, you know, it, invariably this movie is going to have a slide backlash. People starting to duck bad about it. And and if be it wins going, ah, best picture, there will yeah. have to be a little bit of that because that'll have to be part of the discourse, I think, of it. Nevertheless, yeah. it was an extraordinary movie. Okay, we can come back to it. I'm cool. With yeah, let's let's come back to it because um, I have stuff to share that I want to talk share about it too. So you know, it, it would we we you know, and I'm I uh, you know I'm not terse. I talk. I like to share. So um, <laughs> let's move. I feel on bad. To... What have we got? Adam Project. Yeah. Did you see any of the rest of these? Uh, yeah. Oh, I saw Adam. I saw this next movie that we're going to talk about. Oh, I saw. Cool. Nope. Um, nope. Nope. With, uh, yep. Jordan Peele's, uh, the, I, I'm trying to remember if he said that this is, I think he did say that this is kind of officially part or like, this is, they all take place in the same universe sort of thing. This, sure. this sort of trip, whatever you want, buddy. Yep. But, uh, but nope. During, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Key Palmer, uh, Steven Yun. Um, Michael Wincott. Don't Michael Wincott. Never, win, yeah, Michael never win. forget Michael Wincott. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Nope. Winning best picture. I would have no problem with. I'll just start by saying that uh, it's not nominated for best picture or really much anything, yeah. but Nope is extraordinary. What a ballsy risk taking visually arresting emotionally like, like, honestly, this is a movie that will stunt mm -hmm. your growth. Do not let people who are still <laughs> growing watch this movie. Uh, and I, I, I like I've, that. I've been, I've, I'm able to boil Nope down to one sentence, which I can't share with you because it's a spoiler alert. If Joel asks me when we're off the air, I'll tell him what it is. But it, it's, it's got everything in it. Man, it's just, it's amazing. It's a really amazing mm -hmm. movie. It's not going to be for everybody. There's no conventional hero in it. It's super weird. It, yep. But like all of Jordan's movies to date, but no more so than this one, really. Just balls out, risk-taking storytelling. Just putting it out there with, the and the only way you can when you're taking major chances, which is to put it out there, you know, with an exclamation point and just 
man, just stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. I, I I've only seen Nope once. I look forward to my third, fourth, fifth time seeing it. <laughs> Um, it's not, well, it's, yeah, it's, cause it, it, cause it's a lot of people will call Nope a, a horror movie. That's fair. It's got some horror in it, but it, it it's mm-hmm. a science fiction movie y'all. And, and it, 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 it sidesteps all of the problems. Like if you, a conventional outer limits episode, we just talked about it would be the Olivia Wilde piece. This, this is the same. And yet it knows it's not good enough to have one mm-hmm. good idea. You need like six to get you to the end of an actual cinema piece. And it nails it. The action is bonkers. The it's yeah. the character motivations are, are are almost indecipherable. And when you do connect with them in a strange way, it's kind of amazing. Just the way it begins, its first few minutes is one of the most involving, crazy first couple minutes of a movie I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I can't you know, I didn't love uh, us, the weird movie with the weird people that look like us in it. But I, I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like love yeah. it like I love Nope. Um, and I really, obviously, we were all sort of blown away by Get Out. But even Get Out, like the last hour of it's just stabby and boring and conventional in every way imaginable. I think that's the movie. I've always said I think that's the movie they thought they were making. I think when they ended up making something that that was elevated well beyond that. They had no place to go except back into a sort of, you know, horror, like revenge kind of thing, which it works on that level, but, but it's that flaw. It's a major flaw of that film, which is otherwise super important. Mm -hmm. This film is too weird to connect with us. And it doesn't have a, a, it's got a flavor of it, but it doesn't have a social, relevance to it like something like get out has but that's also what's so great about it you yeah to really show that you're a master storyteller you do need to take a step away from that and really you know show us what you can do when it when it when you're just about the thing you're about yeah uh, i could i can't say enough good things about no nope's yeah, incredible I, I, nope, nope i really love incredible I, ride you're you're yep. required to watch it truly Nope. Nope. Is it's really terrific. Uh, it is, it is not, um, I mean, it has these great moments of excitement and action and stuff like that, but it is, it's, it's a, it's, uh, I don't want to use slow, but it takes its time. It's, it's It's not so much slow as it just leaves you in the weeds for a long, long time, not knowing what the hell is going on. And that's super unusual for a movie. And it, yeah, it's, it, and it's, you know, when, and it's engaging and it's so it's engaging where you're like, you don't like that feeling of not knowing, you know, so, and you know, we are a culture where we are used to just having, oh yeah, you, you've told me where I'm at and I, you know, I'm, you're spoon fed the the plot and you you never have that and the, to me that was a big part of of nope was was jordan peele going no you're not gonna know and you're gonna feel really uncomfortable with it and you're just gonna have to sit with that for a while that's um, that's the film's greatest trick that deep yeah. deep inside unease that mm-hmm. you feel as you're sitting through the first hour and change of it and that I, that that feeling evolves, but it never really goes away all the way till the closing credits. So it, right. bravo maestro. I just can't say enough good things about it, that yeah. one. I, I'm uh, amazed it, it's, by it. It was cool. Um, 
All right, next up. Well, so that, that's our final in science fiction. Now we're going to move to fantasy. Um, <laughs> we all uh, like a nice I've, fantasy, don't we? I do love. I love fantasy. That's when I read my when I read books. I tend to I tend to go to fantasy more than more than any other category. Um, and uh, I do love a good fantasy flick. I love the world building. Um, that being said, sidebar real quick. I did. I finished the. Uh, I finished the Willow series on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, I very much look forward to uh, to talking with you about that. Um, it's. Um, I'm still sorting through my feelings about that. I, it wasn't just like, oh, unbridled joy, I'm back in the world of Willow. I, mm, we got. We well, yeah. We need to. We'll, we'll need to chat about that at some point. We got a few um, things to unpack here, folks, with the Willow yep. show. Um, all right. First up in uh, fantasy, uh, the return of um, of Pierce Brosnan to our uh, to our program, and it is the King's Daughter. This film was made like back in 1987 or something, and just finally <laughs> really got released this past year, this past January dumping ground or filmed whatever. in yeah filmed in 2014. <laughs> yeah. 2048 years. Yeah, it's been on my radar for a while because it's it's been sitting around, but it it uh that's yeah, that's a long time. I mean, that at that point, why does it even ever come out? I don't know. Right. Uh, it's not very good either. So I like Kaya Scodelaro or whatever her name is. Uh Scodelario. Yeah, I like her a lot as an actor. She do, she does you know amiable work in this silly film. Um, of course, Pierce Brosnahan's good. If the material's good, this material is not <laughs> good. You keep calling him Brosnahan. That's a, sorry. That's an old joke. I'm not doing that to yeah, be disrespectful. Yeah. It's it's oh it's that's a, someday you'll get to meet her. Yeah. I have to have the my I'm gonna have my buddy Nathan, who's a really creative guy, update my puppet alter ego movie review character, which is slightly based on Joel's wife or at least a version of her that I knew as a, a child. A version of her back at, yeah. And many, many years ago. And who's full of like malapropisms and stuff, but also has a lot of wisdom. And she calls Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnahan, and she calls Sally Fields, Sally Fields. And... And of course, they were both in the the Mister Doubtfire film, and you you know them from that, amongst other things. That that again, that that this person would find anyway. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Someday we'll, she'll make it. She has a song to share with you guys, so she'll definitely make an appearance on the show. Joel will have to break out the keyboard for that one. We'll see. Okay. So. What were we talking about? Oh, the mermaid movie. <laughs> the King's Daughter. No, the King's, the King's daughter. daughter. So the king has his uh, navy people have captured a mermaid. And Pierce is, wants to capture immortality. So he wants to kind of suck the life force of the mermaid dry. He doesn't want to do this in a mean way. He doesn't see the mermaid as a person. But his daughter maybe does. And... There's a good-looking uh, soldier type guy, I want to say, and he's got his opinions, and maybe they fall in love. Blah, blah, blah. It's a really, really pretty. <laughs> it's a really pretty movie, but you can see why. It's like, what are you guys? Why'd you make this movie? Like, there's no reason. There's no why there at all, and that's why it wasn't released because nobody thought it would be a hit. It wasn't. Did would anybody actually like it? No. 
uh, are there people out there that are really going to super hate it? I mean, if you want a romantic fantasy with some decent acting and, and that has a little sort of fairy taleness to it, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not good in any way. It's, it has this weird, for all its opulence and visual splendor, it has this weird blandness to it that it just can't escape. So it's stupid, but it's whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have nothing to contribute. Uh, I was one of the many who did not see the King's daughter. <laughs> I, I <laughs> so sat through it. Hey, I don't know. Yeah, Ryan sat through it. So we don't have to. I don't like to be one of those Ryan people. Who's like, don't you dare watch this. Like it's cute. It's cute. No, I mean, if, 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 you know, if you Kai is uh, cute, like, you know, Pierce plays the reality of the thing, just like he does in every dumb movie that he's in, which mm -hmm. there's a bunch of them. He like, mm -hmm. you know, he does the job. He shows up and does the job. And and and, and it's shot in, I, I don't know where it's shot, but it's shot in a real palace. That makes a difference. It's not just all this virtual crap. In fact, I wish the, I wish it was, first of all, I wish it was a half an hour longer. So we were, had time to care about these people. It's like 85 minutes long, which is just goes by yeah. too fast. I mean, even for a movie that I don't like, I still wish it had more meat on the bones of it. And I wish the supernatural element was hidden and more interesting and therefore more magical. And I wish that, you know, I just, the story is a cool idea. It's, they just, mm -hmm. they just don't know what they want to do. And, and it, it's way too light to be involving and it's not funny or romantic or cute enough. To, to, for that to be good enough so that's that's what the film is enough about that one um all right let's uh what i fir at first thought was going to be a documentary about mattresses turns out it is a fantasy <laughs> story uh, about a young girl in uh the dream world of slumberland uh slumberland is basically another attempt to tell uh little nemo which is a beloved uh, children's story about a, 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 a kid who gets lost in the world of dreams and meets a, a unscrupulous and yet somewhat nurturing mentor character and that helps her navigate that world. And in, in, in a nice way, it helps her, her in this case, um, heal from some rough things that are going on in her waking world. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't like this movie was too whimsical and too noisy and too goofy for me. Uh, but what I will say about it is that it, from an emotional standpoint and from the, what is the meaning of it all standpoint, it really does a good job of sticking the landing. The little girl mm. is fantastic in it. Uh, Jason Momoa is absolutely having fun. He's he, he's really having fun, in it, and it helps. It helps us have fun. Um, just and to give played, uh, just to give credit, Marlo Barkley is the young lady, and who plays her uncle in the in the Chris room. O'Dowd, one of my favorite performers. And again, so he's he, he's a little bit wasted here, but he's such an asset to this movie, nevertheless. So so he's worth mentioning by name. Um, it's a it's a silly children's movie, but mm -hmm. and I didn't wasn't liking it until I did. That's a neat trick. 
Yeah. You know. Whimsy is often like that. Uh, yeah. To, you know, I mean, at least, at least I find as an adult whimsy uh, and that sort of fantastical uh, fantasy in a movie like this, where you discover a, a, a new world and, and everything. It, well, again, it's and like it, that this until... wasn't released in theaters. It's a Netflix exclusive. Yep. It was dumped at the holidays. The holidays were a good time for a film like this to thrive. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. People talked about it a little bit. And then it's poof. It's like it's not wasn't there. It's a mm-hmm. massive film. I mean, the CG in the film, it's huge. It's this huge fantasy movie that back in yep. its day would have had to been in a theater to justify its expense. And now these things just get sort of down and, and it's weird. I don't go to the theater anymore. So why am I all like pro theater? But I I just feel like I'm not so much that as I'm pro like movie lifestyle cycle, which I, that's really what's been lost is, is that it just, it, they just come and go Mm. so quickly and they're dismissed so quickly. So this movie deserves better than that for sure. And it, again, if the things I've described to you it, it excite you, you should definitely check it out because it's it's accomplished. I can't remember the guy who made it, but he's made some other big stuff. And he, it he's is got a sure Francis hand. Lawrence. Yeah, Francis Lawrence, who I uh, who made the Hunger did, Games the, uh, sequels. Hunger and, Games, yep. Hunger you Games, know what? And, and that's Red Sparrow I'm, and I Am Legend. I'm glad I mentioned Francis's name because the best review I read of this was uh, Francis Lawrence um, in in Slumberland. Francis Lawrence goes down. Uh, in flames trying something new where everyone else seems content to go down in flames doing the same old thing. And so not a positive review, but that little acknowledgement that look at this, this guy, it, uh, water for elephants. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a mm-hmm. disparate group of films where this is a dude with a ton of t- talent who can handle big scale stuff, who keeps trying the next thing and we don't we we have settled in in the last six seven years into this is what stuff is and for and sometimes we're good sometimes we're ill but we definitely have settled and he's a dude who's not doing that good for him good for him well cool um all right tell me about uh george miller's latest this aladdin for adults type story uh three thousand years of longing a woman a scholar who no longer believes in love played by tilda swinton uh, on a lecture tour in a foreign land comes across a lamp in a secondhand store that she bots and buys and when she a certain events come together, including the it's more complicated than this, but uh, that also includes the rubbing of the lamp. Uh, Idris Elba appears to her as a larger than life. I would say six or seven times larger than life in the, when in his first appearance in her tiny hotel room. Um, before he goes, Oh, I should probably just scale this back to your size while we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fascinating movie. I, I'm, I re- deeply regret because, uh, because, uh, Miller, you know, intended to shoot it in t- Istanbul and, and it was gonna, 
give it, I don't think it was going to be like a big outdoor spectacle or anything. It's a very intimate movie, the relationship between uh, a, a very intellectual and yet somewhat damaged lady and a a magical slave who has waited centuries for freedom. I mean, it's, that's, that's great stuff. I and mean, we talked about mm-hmm. like how a high concept can get you to a different place emotionally, uh, or a familiar place emotionally in a, a very engaging path because of, of what its ideas are. This is very much like that. I don't think this is going to, this is a weird film that I don't know. It's going to satisfy people. I don't think it's going to satisfy people really looking for romance because the romance is, is there, but it's very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 the way it honors the old stories, the, the, and the way it's seen through the eyes of the Tilda's so good. The way it's seen through the eyes of an intellectual, I can't stress that the importance of that. She even says she doesn't want to make any wishes. She knows these stories better than anybody. She's like every damn story where you make a wish, it, everything goes to hell. It's like mm-hmm. you know. So no, thank you. Is basically what right. she says. Um, so right from the get-go, it, it's a, just a totally different kind of take on this mythos. Idris, just listening to his voice, you know, I mean, he's great in the role. And he he's great. And he tells sort of the story through three tales. He tells his story of where he almost achieved what his dream is to not not be a slave to the lamp and, to, you know, yeah. And and how he honors his mission and everything. Like he's very persuasive in getting her to engage with them because he's been in this thing for several hundred years. And before that, it was like a thousand years. And before that, it was whatever. He, all he spe- he's had a lifetime of immortality, a lifetime of waiting. And this is his chance. It, it, it has to be you. Mm-hmm. That desperation. And, and yet he's got this sort of dignity and way that he deals with his genie responsibilities. It's who, what kind of, I mean, it's one of a kind. There's no other movie like this movie. It's, it's in that way. It's glorious. Um, but it will mess with you. And it, it just isn't, it's, it's not, it's like Nope in a way where it's just, uh, what did he, Jordan say when Nope came out? Yeah. Like if you don't, if you don't like Nope, uh, you know, Jordan doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't even really care what you have to say. He didn't care. He made the movie he liked. That's very much what this is. It, it's right. it's uncompromising in that way. The only thing is, it was made during COVID. They did a great job of doing it, but it lacks that that where you can really be out the window, where you can really be in the marketplace, where you can you know mm-hmm. those few places where those types of things would have happened. I would have really been, I'd have been grateful for. And I know that, that, uh, George Miller would have George really, Miller. yeah, mm-hmm. George Miller. What did I say? Frank Miller? No, thanks, Frank Miller. You have no place here. Yep. Uh, George Miller, I think, really would have made the most out of those moments. So, but I still, I, I still thought, I was pretty amazed by it. Uh, say oh, the name cool. of it again because it's a bit weird. Three thousand years of longing. Good stuff. Uh, all right, our final film in the episode and in the fantasy category and of our episode uh, today is 
Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, we return, we have uh, the return of Newt Scamander and, uh, and Jude Law's Albus Dumbledore and Ezra Miller pre-everything yeah, no, going wrong. No, Catherine Waterston, though. That's... No, anything, that was there's anything that, sucks. that was disappointing. If anything sucks about this movie, I mean, because the, oh. these are what they are at this point. Either like them or you don't. I'm not going to try and change your mind. But Catherine Watterson's really, really good in them, and 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 it's tough, man. That's it, mm-hmm. I, I was able to get over that hurdle, but it was a hurdle. There's no question. The film's great. It's smart. It does what it can with her and her presence. But I just fair warning. I didn't know she, that she wasn't really in it, and I want everybody else. Nor to be sure did that they know. I. I kept waiting, and I was like, "Really? We're just gonna not? Ha- He's just okay. not gonna be part of this, really? She's not gonna be here? Oh, that's disappointing." Yeah, um, I mean, she's, disappointing. she's off uh, being a head aura for the the, uh, the East Coast branch of the Ministry of Magic of America. That's great. That yep. was her dream. Really, she just wanted to be an aura that where the people stayed off her back, but she being she's earned her stripes. So, but what's more important in the wizarding world than what's going on in this story? Nothing, right? A, Nothing. A, a character like that would you would not be able to keep on the sidelines. So, I assume as it was yeah. an actor schedule or a whatever, I can't imagine that it was. Like they just thought the movie'd be better off with the outer because the film feels to the film itself misses her greatly and it reminds yeah. us that it does throughout. That's yeah. great. That's actually I appreciated that and the part of the reason I was able to get over it was because the it, the movie kept giving you the hey boy if she were here or whatever like it 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 it, it, it repeatedly honored the relationship that was earned in the previous movies mm-hmm. and I I do like that. And if you're, fan, um, yeah, I got spoiler over, alert. I, if you're a fan of happy endings, I mean, you, it does give you one. Uh, the neat, sure. the neat trick that Secret Dumbledore plays is it, it's, it, you know, the mo- this series was supposed to be five movies long. They got two other movies basically almost scripted, which you're probably never gonna. I'm, I'm all just go out and say it. One uh, percent chance you're gonna ever see the, the likeness or li- lightness of those. Um, right. This is it. And it is very adept of the filmmakers and the storytellers in this case to see the writing on the wall and to give you a film that ends a trilogy that could still continue on. It it does that deftly, and that's welcome because it's not going to continue on, especially with the new... It had a shot because these films, while disappointing compared to Harry Potter-type dollars do very well internationally. They do very well on home video. Like they do, they make their money and there was the most streamed movie. One of the most streamed movies of the year when it hit streaming. So people stayed mm-hmm. out of the theaters, but I don't know. I think millennials or whatever that grew up with Harry, I think they, they don't go to the theater, but, but really did want to see how this thing wrapped itself up. I, I don't think it's great or anything. It's like the rest of them. It's, it's about on par quality wise with, the two that came before it doesn't make the missteps of the second one that really made people go crazy. Uh, but of course I thought those things were interesting because they, they, again, I like to see a film take some chances. 
Um, this doesn't do that. But let's think about what these are, because these Fantastic Beasts movies are going to go down as... They're going to show up on your worst list, and they're going to show up on your, oh, these are crap lists, I guarantee you, for the next several years until they're forgotten yeah. about, largely. And they're the story of a really uncommon type of hero, a really sensitive person who, uh, what does Dumbledore say to him in the second film, Who is who only does the right thing, who has no ambition for power who has no whose whose motivation is to, to be right and he says so you may not be you know the the superhero guy who could solve our, our problems or duke it out for us but i you need to be on the case man because you you more than anyone i've ever known it, it has the, the capacity for that and has the, their eye on the ball of righteousness at all times. This is a very neat speech. And that's the kind of character it is. And his nurturing of these unwanted orphans, strange and frightening things wins the day. And that's, yeah. that's beautiful. You know, if you, it the films are better, the more that you think about them, they, they're not 1200 page books distilled down into two movies where there's a great, plot point every five yeah. six minutes like the harry potter films are they just they take their time they take way too much time probably but but i i enjoy them they're as far as high fantasy goes a big budget fantasy filmmaking goes they're extremely accomplished they look good they're really well acted there certainly are plenty of interesting twists and surprises in it um and there's a lot of heart to them so and the lessons of the 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 Potter franchise that you can't that that is the main one really in my opinion the you, you just can't judge a book by its cover you can't your first impression of something could not only be wrong but it, mm-hmm. it, it it's certainly going to be oversimplified and it might be the opposite of the truth altogether right. um i like learning those throughout that series and and this film it, it, even has an even more sort of spiritual take on that same idea that I also admire. And it's entertaining. I was very entertained by it. The action scenes are fun. Uh, that little, the little gathering on the train and everybody's got their own mission and we're, yep. we're got to do this. And that, that neat challenge of how do you fight a bad guy who can see the future? <laughs> That's a that's a tough, I mean, that's fun. That's a Superman dilemma, right? What where are we going to come up yep. for Superman this time? He's, effing superman what a pain in the ass you really got to throw a lot at him before he's challenged and this challenge is major and their solution for it is clever <laughs> and right. chaotic and fun and so that's, that's yeah my take on it's good one. it's a good t- yeah it's a good it's a good ride um all right i that's think it? that's a you great that's a great place to leave it. No, yeah. I mean we got we're we're over time anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's nothing really much more I can say. It's secrets of Dumbledore. Either you're going to see it because you love the world of Harry Potter, or you're not because you don't, and whatever. And it, we are divided up into three groups. You know, people who love Harry Potter but hate these because they're not Harry Potter, or people who have an open mind but hate these because of whatever reason. It is about two thirds of negativity mm-hmm. out there or those that have an open mind and actually enjoy them. It's interesting that we both fall into that category, but for me, it's counter programming. As far as big budget entertainment goes, it is counter programming to the loud, super fast moving, fast talking stuff that 
almost everything else is these days. I like yeah. it in that way. I like that it takes a little time and, you know, and yeah, we're over. You're right. Leave it there. All right, everybody. Uh, you can reach out to us, Facebook page, uh, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, hit subscribe. Um, and uh, and we will look for we, you know, we're going to continue talking about. We got more movies to talk about. It's going to be great. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.